Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm sorry, my vinyl got stuck there for a second, but it got slowed down. Uh, so welcome to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am JP Mosier. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? Man, I am doing fantastic. Well, folks, home stretch. As you may or may not know, this is most likely our last season with the format as it is on the Great Song Podcast. Yeah. But we are not going quietly to to quote the what is it the independence day we will not go quietly oh. into the night but, uh anyway hopefully this one doesn't get too emotional but we have the best way to kick off this home stretch as we're discussing philip phillips gone 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 right rob kick a little and let's roll just like we're about to be here's gone 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 <laughs> by philip phillips When life leaves you high and dry, I'll be at your door tonight if you need help. If you need Let the tears roll down, man. Your hope dangling by a string I'll share in your suffering To make you well To make you well Give me reasons to believe That you would do the same for me And I would do it for you For you Baby, I'm not moving on I'll love you long after you're gone That is Gone, Gone, Gone by Philip Phillips, the 2013 single from the 2012 album, The World from the Side of the Moon, written by Derek Furman, Todd Clark, and Greg Wattenberg. It went to number one on the U.S. Adult Alternative Songs and U.S. Adult Contemporary Charts, number three on the U.S. Adult Top 40, number 18 on the U.S. Mainstream Top 40, Number 35 on the U.S. Rock Airplay and number 24 on the Hot 100. That is what you call a crossover That's hit. That's right. The folks. U.S. love them some Philip Phillips, as do we. Holy and y'all cow. hang around to the end as we are hanging out with Philip Phillips, y'all. Let's go. Great interview with Philip uh, coming in at the end. The song also went to number 28 in Canada. It is certified platinum in Canada and certified double platinum in the United States. And it was on several year-end charts for 2013 and 2014. Big song. One of the most widely loved and successful artists that came out of the original run of American Idol, um, and we'll talk about the 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 bigness of uh, bigness the the greatness the greatness <laughs> of of his uh, time on American Idol and all of that kind of you know in the pantheon uh, here in a little bit. But uh, <clears throat> I want to get into some listening notes uh, before we talk about how um, we're never going to sleep alone. Um, <laughs> So we're in the key of F sharp or G flat. We're pro- sounds like we're probably in G, G tuned position, down tuned down a half step. Yeah, um, just based on that opening kind of riff, could be like capoed, but to me, it sounds like we're just probably in like G flat. Um, the opening verse uh, slash guitar riff is doing something I can't exactly pinpoint how it's being played. Let's listen back because it, it kind of has a a hiccup. 
in the in the the low note that you hear, it's not ringing out, which you hear it later. It is ringing out, but it almost sounds like there's a. It almost sounds like there's kind of an effect on it. I think it's just the way he's playing it that kind of stops the note short. It's got to be being done on purpose because it's the opening riff of the song, and you wouldn't do it by accident. And later you hear it fully holding out. So listen to the low note and how it just kind of stops short. You hear it? It's not. It's not. It's It's not like staccato, but it almost sounds like. Do palm mute in that? It's. Maybe it's right more, maybe palm Probably. thing. It's like, or it's like, I don't, I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly. But anyway, it's an interesting sound is yep. what I'm saying. It's interesting. Um, of course, by the time you get to the chorus, the chorus is everything, yeah. right? The chorus, the, like the verses are great, but the chorus is what you're really waiting on. It's big. It's anthemic. It's got the gang vocals. It's got that feel that like, um, there was a certain feel around this time that was very popular um and this has it right that sort of um what's what's the song that i love by fun um some nights some nights yeah mm-hmm. that sort of and it, it was like let's big drums like yeah. the the the, <clears throat> the drums uh and percussion let's drums out front not with a drum set like that's like a yeah that's drums it's just yes like marching r- snare yeah. type but not like Rotor marching band like there. American Revolution yeah. marching snare yeah like uh-huh. yes that's a great way to put that yes it's like yeah that's- and I would say the guys that kind of started that concept was probably Coldplay with like okay. um because the way they do that a lot of their stuff's out front you know wheels with a big drum and okay stuff, on I didn't know that stuff like that interesting so that's kind of part of their stage show okay is him out front just beating the snot out of these drums and then he'll go back behind the kit oh, okay. but um but yeah I, I get what you're saying that's-, that's it's that kind of like yeah you know yeah. what I mean it's such it's so it's like motivational yeah it's like we're fighting for a cause is what it feels like it's it's very kind of a unique a unique feeling i think it's a smart play too that the word that they're anthemically belting is for you like that's it's like let's go it's yeah it's like for england you know it's got that same sort of motivational yeah kind of deal i mean if it doesn't land as good if you're singing nap time like it's nap time doesn't really fit. So I don't know. Once you hit about thirty-five, dude, tell me that. there's nothing really like a good power nap. Uh, let's see. That's the, our next hit. Nap time. <laughs> the way you, uh, the way, the way you get into the chorus, like it, it comes down. No matter what's happening in the verse, it comes down with a little. Um, here, let's listen to it. That bit, right? So we're kind of rocking on, and then we're gonna pause and breathe before the chorus. Everything kind of comes to a halt. Then literally here, break. And I will do it for you. Right, it's just great. It's like I've got your back. Let's do, let's go. Let's do this. You'll never be alone. I've never noticed till listening more intently on headphones the vocal effect that they have on his vocal right there and some of the breaks. Mm. It's kind of like a phaser or a flanger or something. Let's listen, listen, listen to that. Let's okay. listen to the in this. And Right there, hear that? Yeah, you're right. Got some some either chorus, it's weird chorus, a, a little like, bit of grit. Yeah. It's like maybe I don't know if he's hitting the preamp and it's overdriving a maybe. little bit, but uh, yeah, that's it's it does sound great. And yeah, that's, yeah, it's awesome, very cool. Um, let's see. At the end of the bridge, we've got these like horn lines, like a drum, baby, don't stop. Like a Motown, like a drum, you know, kind of a Motown thing. Yeah. Like a drum, Strings doing the same thing on the left side. 
great I just want to listen to the chorus again yeah and then you get horns after that that are they're so subtle you can almost miss them but if you if you listen they're in your left ear on the third chorus just so much energy mm-hmm. yeah. like just chock full of energy uh and that's a a tribute to the song the production everything about it is just right and it just really gives you that energy it's like uh it's you could climb a mountain you know what i mean you could motivate yourself to do lots of things with this song yeah it's the it's a perfect like montage um you know thing if you want to for whatever cause yeah right you could get people to like feed cats you could get people to like clean up rivers yeah lose weight yeah whatever it is that you need people to uh, this do is your song give them a montage with this yeah uh-huh. with this song and you can you can make it happen for sure uh it is from the album the world from the side of the moon released in november 2012 the album itself debuted at number four on the billboard 200 it spent seven weeks in the top 10. It went number one rock albums chart, number two digital albums chart, and it was on the year-end charts for uh, the U.S., U.K., and in Scotland. Number 49 U.S. rock album for the decade of the 2010s. Like, big, big album. Um, and it was the number uh, 26, uh, excuse me, number, it, and it was the number 126 Billboard 200 overall for that decade. So, like, really big impact here in philip phillips you know first album coming out it is a certified gold it was the best billboard performance by any american idol artist's debut except i believe carrie underwood so like yeah big good shoes big splash big splash i'm surprised actually that the album itself is not certified platinum and maybe I thought you it, said it was double platinum. Or the, the, the single, yeah, okay. the single is certified double platinum. Um, the album with that kind of impact and that kind of like those kind of numbers, I would expect it to be platinum. And maybe it is, and my research is just incomplete. Sure, you know that's because it seems like surely because it not only had this song, home. but it had another huge yeah. single, uh, which is home. Let's take a little listen to home. Another song that just, every element of this is perfect. Another song that's like perfectly made for like commercials and stuff like that. Like you could hear this, sell any product with this. Clorox, a Hyundai, whatever. (laughs) That same cat food. Yeah. It's just more of that like kind of frantic acoustic energy. You know what I mean? You love it. And I love this this whole album. That my favorite songs are actually not those two. Okay. My favorite songs on the album are Drive Me and Get Up, Get Down. Okay. Play kick a little of the you can start get up, get down right at the beginning. Okay. Um 
I, I love the it's feel of this. Get up, get down, get a little bit closer to the scene. You really hear right there, you really hear his influence. Yeah, that's right? Dave Matthews. You, you right go, there. oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like you don't it's it, you don't you don't wanna when you talk about an artist, you don't want to really peg sure. them as you know, you don't want to peg Philip Phillips as a Dave Matthews. Oh yeah, he sounds like Dave Matthews, yeah. right? But there it's like you can't he hide sounds it. like Dave Matthews. I mean that's yeah. Like, get up, get down, get a little bit closer to the scene. Find out what's there, something new to conceive. Get up, get down, get a little bit closer to me. Find out what's there, what you can be. And of course at this point, you know, he he's come up through the American Idol process mm-hmm. and he's still he's still finding his voice more yeah. as a as an artist, you know what I mean, who is um less a product of his influence and more his own yeah, his own thing, thing. You know what I mean? So obviously early on you're gonna hear more influence yeah. that is that you can kind of put your finger on like that. Sure. You know what I mean? But after this album it dis- it I don't want to say disappears, but it, yeah, yeah, it yeah, definitely but moves away from he that. He definitely steps more into his own thing. Drive know, Me sure. is another is another good one. Drive Me Crazy. Oh. I love this song. Solid. Yeah, I love that song stuff. Um, The album had nine months between the first and second singles. Home was released in May 2012 and Gone, Gone, Gone in February 2013. That's when you were like single in 13 after the album came out in 2012. Nine months. That's a long time. Yeah, nine months. And because, so, and I'm sure it's because (coughs) Home was his coronation song for his American yep. Idol win. He mm-hmm. won season was 11, I think it was, of of American Idol. Yep. Um and it is the it is actually the best single um American Idol best-selling American Idol single of all time. Um and the number of votes he got on the Idol finale broke the record for wow. for votes. So he was like the overwhelming you know, favorite favorite for, for the win. But so I'm guessing, you know, that probably came out as the single that night. That's how Mm -hmm. they used to do it. Like here's it's available now on iTunes, you know, whatever. Capitalize right now. Yeah, exactly. Like here's the coronation and you can go get it, you know? And so from then until, okay. So then he has to go in and record the album, put out the album. Um, And so I don't, it was probably a a dual combination of the fact that that process had to occur mm-hmm. and also that the song did really, really, really well and, yeah. st- and you know, stuck around that it didn't, he didn't die. He didn't have to make another single. Right. Yeah. He the- didn't die in those nine months career wise. Yeah. You know what I mean? That it was like, and then followed up with gone, 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 which is another huge hit. So that's very cool. Both home and gone went multi-platinum uh, and home is actually certified four times platinum. Wow. So like massive, massive song. Um, and I, I, I'd be interested to know like, <clears throat> how many of those downloads came within that first, that first right 24 hours yeah. Yeah. of the, the American Idol finale. And then it hits radio and takes off on radio, yeah. you know, and then it hits every commercial and every television show and yeah. you know, whatever, every show on the CW has featured <laughs> right. one of these songs yeah. at some point for sure. Yeah. I think we should probably meet the band sure. and I've got some more stuff to get into. We can meet. Hey, let's meet the band. 
mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band that played on Gone, Gone, Gone. Um, I'm just going to give some quick names and uh, not as many bullet points on this to just kind of get get through the meet the band. On percussion, Sean Pelton. On keyboard, Derek Furman, Leonard Skolnick, and Todd Clark. On drums, Gunnar Olsen. Background vocals, Carrie Brown, Dallin Applebaum, Derek Furman, Ian Driscoll, Michael Laurie, and Todd Clark. On bass, Jack Daly, and guitar, Ben Neal and Philip Phillips. So, quick little meet the band section today. I couldn't think of any good jokes. Yeah. Like, I thought... <laughs> no names. Everything nothing. that I thought that I could say to, like, pepper in a joke somewhere, it just was going to be yeah. a stretch, <laughs> just for the purpose of trying to make a joke. Um, so Sometimes we just give you facts, folks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no opinion needed, no additional whatever. Um, you may have noticed a couple names in there that I've already mentioned. Uh, Derek Furman, Todd Clark. Uh, they are co-writers of the song along with Greg Wattenberg, who is the album's producer. Here's a little bit on them. Uh, Derek Furman was a member of a band called The Crash Motive, also known as Omnisoul, uh, which had a couple songs placed in movies and TV shows, particularly Waiting, uh, parentheses, Save Your Life, which was in the Fantastic Four movie, and the show Joan of Arcadia. They had a song called Not Giving Up on Madden 2007, well, if anybody remembers the Madden 2007 soundtrack. Um, and there's an interesting uh, side conversation. If you can, I, I know this is like a random pull, but like, what's the greatest sports game soundtrack? Okay. Or what's your favorite, at least? Greatest would have to be a larger conversation that we would yeah. have to prepare for. But <clears throat> what's your favorite sports game soundtrack, if you have one? Or video Man. game soundtrack at all, but particularly sports. You know, the the at a certain point on the like Madden games and MLB games, they started doing music and all the music stuff. Real. WWE, <laughs> you know, all those, they have like cool I think the first ones that I remember actually was played at your place was NBA Street. Oh, I th- that was a good one. Great one. That was a good one. Um, obviously, the Tony Hawk ones are okay. Pretty, pretty, pretty renowned. When I think video game soundtrack, though, I don't think song. I think eight uh, bit Nintendo. Okay, like. Mike Tyson, Tecmo Bowl, uh-huh. like all those things. Okay, okay. So that you're the, the, the background music. Yeah. Okay. So then I'll give you I'll give you both of mine because I can immediately tell you what my background music is that's burning okay. my brain forever. Okay. And that is Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball okay. for Super Nintendo. But da 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 dun dun da 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 dun dun da dun dun da dun because it only played it played that on a loop. No matter what you did in the game, it never stopped. From the opening menu until the World Series. Hearing that one thing, right? Um, Ready, down, hot, 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 hot. I could probably do that. <laughs> uh, my my favorite. Uh, I, I I think I have a tie. The two that I okay. know the most for sports game soundtracks are going to be Madden two thousand three. Okay, which is where uh, the first Madden that I ever bought, and that's really what taught me football. So okay. like. Throughout high school and stuff, I mean, I was in the band. I, I watched you football what? like with my family, but I didn't understand football sure. okay. until I started playing Madden 2003. And that's when I like learned, I you know, what the position names uh-huh. meant, yeah. who did what on the field, uh-huh. and kind of how offenses and defensives, you know, yeah. worked as far as schematics and that kind of stuff. But like... I was ignorant enough on football that when I got mad in 2003, I didn't know the Houston Texans were a real team. 
Okay. Okay. I think that was their first year in the league, uh-huh. maybe 2002. Yeah. But like, I thought they were like, you know, you'll have um, fake names, fake names yeah. in the yeah. Oh yeah, the Houston Texans. You know uh-huh. what I mean? And, and we have like the the Atlanta Admirals or whatever. And stuff yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. So I was like, I was like, uh, you know, the Houston Texans and and uh, you know Robbie Wade was actually like, you know, that's a real team, right? And I was like, what? No. My what? favorite of that, I might have talked about it on the show. I'm pretty sure I have, but we had this baseball game that they didn't have the licensing for. Me uh-huh. and my buddy Brandon used oh, to play. Oh, and, sure. and it was a, instead of, a, it was a Campbell soup thing in the left field wall every okay. time you had a home run, but it said Gramps Soups. <laughs> oh, no, it was supposed to be Champ Sports. It looked like Champ Sports, <laughs> but it said Gramps Soups. <laughs> So me and Brandon still joke about that. That's awesome. Gramp soups. Gotta love the way to get around uh, licensing stuff. It looked stuff. just like, like Champ Sports, but it said Gramp Soups. <laughs> soups. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's funny. Uh, my other favorite sports game soundtrack is Dave, Bira, Dave Mira BMX 2, BMX, which is yeah. akin to the Tony Hawk. Uh-huh. Um, but that's probably my favorite video game of all time. Okay. I've, I've played it so much. It's like... My comfort food video That's awesome. game. It's not the greatest game, but I just love something about it so much. Yeah. And whenever you can, like, I've bought, since owning it originally on GameCube, I've since gone back and bought a PlayStation 2. Just to get Just to game. be able to play yep. it. Got a GameCube again and got that game. Like, uh-huh. just a couple of specific games, you know, for, at a pawn shop or whatever. Are your kids video gamers? Uh yeah, I got I got one kid who's like a PS5 guy. Okay. And then I got another kid who's like a PC gamer. Okay. Um and then the other two are like Would still they ever iPad. play old games with you like that? Like Yeah, I have we have a uh the re-release of a, like joystick Atari. Okay. You know, yeah. a lot of the Atari 2600 type games, Jungle Hunt and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um and they I love know, Jungle used Hunt. To play those with me. Basketball on Atari, Uh-oh. which is just awful. <laughs> just brutal. <laughs> But uh, yeah, they've they've gone back and played some or some of the old like regular Nintendo, mm-hmm. Super Nintendo type stuff. But even as far back as the Atari, yeah, good times. Um, okay, so that's Derek Furman. That yep. was what started that yep. conversation. Uh, then you had Todd Clark, who was a member of the Canadian rock band Pilot Speed. Um, and interestingly enough, so I talked about Derek Furman was a member of a band called the Crash Motive, which were which were also called Omni Soul. Pilot Speed was originally called Pilot. Um, and when they kind of moved into American markets, it was p- pilot like Pontius Pilot, like P I L A T E. It looks like Pilate. Yeah. Uh, and um, not to be confused with Pilot, who did Magic, who we hung out with. Right. Uh, yes. Yes. Well, so they when they started moving to other markets, uh, they found oh well, there's other bands called Pilot already. So let's n- do something to differentiate. So they became Pilot Speed, um, and they so they had a song called "Into Your Hideout" when their name was still Pilot, uh, which won the Much Music. Music Award for Best Independent Video and a Juno for Video of the Year in 2004. Okay. So they had some success, yeah. particularly in Canada. Didn't really translate yeah. here. Um, then you have Greg Wattenberg, who was the album producer and is also credited as a co-writer on this song. Um, he co-produced or co-wrote a bunch of stuff. John Legend, Conversations in the Dark, Novocaine by the Unlikely Candidates. Um, he co-produced Hey Soul Sister for Train, as well as uh, If It's Love, which he also co-wrote. Um, you remember a Shattered by OAR? Absolutely. Turn the car around. How many times? Yeah, he's on that, uh, and he he produced uh, Superman and a hundred years for Five for Fighting. Yeah, he's a uh, when he has hooked me. He's who got me director. Oh, really? He's yeah. who got you to be director? Yeah. yeah. Wow, so I didn't realize that. Okay, that. that's so awesome. Yeah, he actually got hooked up with us after the uh, John Andrasik yeah. episode. Okay, so through him, and we just we talked okay. Okay. at least once. in 
season or so. Okay. So and for all you podcasters who he got ask us, us. Also to uh, to Brian Vander Ark. So okay. he connected me with him. Yeah. So he's okay. awesome. Greg's great. All right. So for all you uh, podcasters who ask us, like sometimes, how do you get your guests? Like it literally is just get to know their people. Yeah. Like that's JP's secret sauce is like get to know their people, treat them well. Yeah. You know, be cool. Um, okay. There's a great misheard lyric on Gone, Gone, Gone. Um, I'm going to go, let's see, at the 202 mark. And I'm going to ask you to listen for the following lyric. You're my crotch when my legs stop moving. Here we go. You're my backbone. You're my cornerstone. You're my crotch when my legs stop moving. You're my It's an unfortunate situation there. Unfortunate situation. All right. Um, I think that, no, that doesn't tap me out. I've got more. I, that was just the bottom of my notes. But uh, why don't we do, you got to stump the genius? I got to stump Let's, the genius. Right. Let's do it. Stump the genius. Part. All right, so we're going to do uh, Stump the Genius. We're going to do best home run calls of all time. Wow. Gone, gone, gone. Oh, that's brilliant. So I'm going to play the clip, and you're going to name the team Dang. that hit the home run. Wow. So you're just going to name the team. Okay. And I tried to pick, I picked, we'll pick, we'll, I got six of them down here. Okay. So we'll probably this pick This can't five. be timed. No, it's not time okay, at all. Okay. No, it's good. So I'm going to play the clip, and you're going to tell. I got to remember when to stop it because I don't want him to say the team sure, name. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're going to tell me which team hit the home oh, run. Oh, this is brilliant. So gone, gone, gone. Okay. Greatest call edition. Wow. Here we go. Is that second? Can you hear? The yeah. run that would win the World Series is at first, and Joe Carter is. I knew it. This is the, the Toronto Blue Jays. I That's knew it right Toronto away. Toronto Blue Jays. That's it. Well hit. 93 or 92? I don't remember the year. But gets the Phillies, Mitch Williams. They won. That's you got to be. Yeah, that's ninety three because ninety two was Braves. Bla- All right, Braves let me Blue see Jays. here. Let me get to this one. All right, here we go. So we're one for one so far. Here we go. Okay, this one's wrapping up one. Here we go. Kirk Gibson. Kirk that's, Gibson. Yeah, yes. that's Dodgers. Dodgers. Yeah. And I want to hear the next one. They put them back to back. A home run for Gibson. And the Dodgers have won the game five to four. I don't believe what, what I, I just, just saw. Okay, that's one of my favorites. That's Good great. job. You're two for yeah. two. Killing it. All righty. Here we go. Let me skip ahead to this one. This is great. So, two for two. Here we go. Well, he went two and two thirds, did K Rod. And here's David Ortiz. You see that number today. Well, that's got to be. I mean, that's Red Sox. Okay, so you're. So that's off Francisco Rodriguez, which means that was against the. Yeah, here, here, here he is again. This is the one that. That's the one that Tory Hunter went over the wall. Over the wall with the cop, the home yeah. run cop, okay. the first one. Okay. So, oh, here we go. Okay, man, I need to back this up. <laughs> All right, because this one's going to. I 
had him back to back. That shot of Tory Hunter going over the wall head first. So I man. took a picture with that cop. Did I tell you that? No. At Fenway, I went to Fenway. He was out front, and I was like, "Babe, that's the cop." And it was, she was How like, did you recognize I'm the a nerd. cop? So we took a picture with him holding his hands in the air wow. and me holding my hands in the air, just like him. Made his wow. day. So the, it was cool. I was like, oh, that I is, bet you made that, his day. I made that cop's day. That's so anyway, awesome. I'll, I'll show you that picture sometime. It's one of my favorite pictures I've ever taken because he's doing. He does the double fist in the air uh-huh. just like he does when Tory Hunter get over the wall. Dude. I was like, that's the cop. <laughs> so anyway, here we go. Wow. Um, number four. Smith corks one into right down the line. It may go. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. Okay. Ooh. Smith corks one down the right field line. Go crazy, go, folks. Go crazy. When I, I've met this athlete, and when I did, I said his full name, and I was like, go crazy, folks. And I've seen him twice oh, since then, and man. he loves it. Smith. Hold on. Dude, I don't have that okay. one. Okay. Is it? It's a home no. run, and the Cardinals have won. Ozzie Smith. Yeah, so I see, I'm like, Damn. Osborne Earl Smith. That's <laughs> what so I've seen. Wow. Okay, so you're four for three for four. Okay. Last one. Let me get to it. Okay, I think it's right after that. This one. is my favorite Stump the Genius of all time. So, hey, good. I'm glad we've enjoyed that. All right, let me see if we can. I'm just going to hear the end of the go crazy because I back these two okay. right back to back to yeah, each yeah. other. Here we go. Hey, go! Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! <laughs> it's a home run, and the Cardinals have won the game. Here we go. And Bonds hits one high. Hits it deep. It is <laughs> What a great goal. I love that. So that's going to be... Uh, 7.56. I, I was going to say, that's Bonds. Yeah, that's that's Giants. Giants, yep. Yeah, that's okay. the that's the record breaker right 7. there. 7.56. 7.56. So, great Jeez. job, man. I'm wow. going to give you some rings on that. It's right. four for five. That was Stump the Genius, best home run calls of all time. I absolutely love it. I did not know if that one would land, so I made oh, a landed. second Stump the Genius. Whoa. Play the jingle again, short wow. version, and let's run it back. Okay. It's time to Stump the Genius. All right, so... And going with the endings theme, okay. I'm going to give you best movie endings. So, okay. but I'm going to give you a popular quote from the movie. Okay. So these movies are known for having great, great endings. endings. Okay. So I found this website of best. It was the first one that popped up. There's uh-huh. 11 movies, and I picked my five favorite. Okay. Quotables, like so, uh-huh. I'll know a good quote from this, yeah. and I'm betting you're going to go five for okay. five. Movies with great endings. Here we go. Movies with great endings, and I'm going to give you a quote from the movie. All, All right. you got to do is name the movie. Um, I see dead people. That's yeah, gonna be uh, uh, the sixth sense. Sixth sense. Yeah, yep. Say hello to my little friend, Scarface. Scarface, Rosebud, uh, Citizen Kane, and that's just simply to plug Cinema Snack Bar. So <laughs> you guys you. that haven't listened to Cinema Snack Bar, Rob has another show with Zeke Tucker that's really good, um, and uh, it's called Cinema Snack Bar. Yeah. So that was just to throw that in there. Okay, here we go. These next two. Um, I've did multiple quotes because I don't know okay. if you get it off the first. Okay, one. good. Yeah, start with the most obscure. Yeah. Yep. I guess it comes down to a simple choice. Really, get busy, busy living, living or get busy, or get busy dying. dying. That's Shawshank. Shawshank. Yeah. Yep. And then I had hope as a good thing. Really, maybe the best of things. No. Uh, so Shawshank. Okay. Yeah. Good job on that. Last one. I have a special practice. I handle one client. Oh, that's uh, that's the Godfather. That is the Godfather. Yeah. That Tom is Hager. Tom that yeah. does that one. Yeah. I had leave the gun, take the cannoli. <laughs> Uh, Luca Brasi sleeps with the fishes, and I'm gonna obviously I'm gonna make him offer he can't refuse sure. to be the one. So that's from the Godfather. That's great. So good job, five for five. Thank you. Thank Ran you. the category. All right. <laughs> great.
Sad Bell. Our Bell. Our Bell knows it's time. It's yeah. Bell is going to be so glad when we retire this show. <laughs> it's going to be like, are you serious? Finally, like I was dead two seasons ago. We just kept powering through. Rob even did the Yazoo jug one time where he just blew into it as a celebration. <laughs> All right. Uh, all right. Let's see. Uh, I have a little bit more on Philip Ladon Phillips Jr. All right. There we uh, go. That's Philip Phillips to you and me. He won American Idol season 11. How many of those early Idol winners can you name? None. I mean, maybe, maybe a couple. No, I could do come on. Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. Okay. Uh, season two. Cl- yeah. Clark. Would be, did Clark win? Clark didn't win. No, he didn't win. No, no, we no. Had him, uh, Clay Aiken. Did Clay he beat Aiken, Ruben yeah. Stuttered? So I believe that's right. Yeah. I believe it was either one of them. One or the other. Ruben won and Ruben Clay, Clay was in second. I think or Clay won. I'm going to give him the win. If not. So okay. Kelly Clarkson, Carrie Underwood. Yeah. That's probably it after that. Okay. I've got, it's funny, some of the names I Jennifer know. Jennifer Hudson, I don't did know she if they win? won. Was she on there or am I making that no, up? No, I think you're making that up. Okay. I think, right? I don't know. Mandisa? Mandisa. She didn't win. Okay. She was on there. Okay. Uh, Fantasia, though. Fantasia okay. did win. Um, you've got David Archuleta. Did he win? I don't know. I know one year, and I think we've talked about him before. One of my friends before. dated him. One of your friends dated David, David Archuleta? David Archuleta. Okay. Yeah. Shouts out to Tanya. She married a really good guy. Well All done. Right. Um, the one year you had the guy, Taylor, what's his name? The Soul Patrol? Um. Uh, Taylor. Oh, what about Chris Daughtry? Did Daughtry yeah, win? Chris da- da- yeah, Daughtry won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the ha- what was it? Taylor Hicks? You remember okay, Taylor I remember Hicks? the name. And he was the old was like, guy, right? Yeah, he was everybody his, thought he was old. Like, there was like, like a 30 year age limit, uh-huh. and everybody's like, like, there's no way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, let's see. I feel like I should be able to recall more of the, more of the earlier ones, but. Uh, I guess we got most of the major I ones. Guess, yeah. And then it was sort of like the show I, I felt like the show had kind of lulled a little bit and then but the Phillips Phil, the Philip Phillips season was huge Shot because people loved yep. him so much. Yep. Oh, David Cook? You've played him for me, yeah, okay. but I'm not familiar with him. Okay. I don't know if he won. It's I get confused after a while like who actually won and who was just on the thing. Uh, and then of course later you had the dubious win for Nick Fradiani who beat Clark. Yeah. Um that's which right. I still to this day protest. But <laughs> the anyway. only time I've ever voted we get oh yeah. I voted one time. Okay. Rob was like he's like our friend Clark's on tonight. Yeah, get on watch and vote. Yeah, so I did. We'll get all into that if you want to go back to season whatever Man. episode whatever when we talk to Clark Beckham. Yeah, uh, and uh, so look it up. We did the yeah, that's right. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. JP does all the I, he goes deep into those notes. <laughs> uh, there's a great moment in Philip Phillips's Idol audition. He was the last audition of the day in Savannah, Georgia. And um, so this is at the time your judges are uh, Randy Jackson, uh, Jennifer Lopez, and Steven Tyler, Tyler yeah. Smith. And um, so J-Lo calls him in. She's like, come on in, you know, last one of the day. And the second he walks in, or at least it's edited to look this way, um, Steven Tyler leans over to J-Lo and says under his breath, I got a funny feeling about this. And then he ends up being just the, oh, the guy. before he's ever played a note uh, is, is how it looks yeah. on, the, on the thing. Um but and then he ends up being this overwhelming, you know, the most avalanche favorite yeah. win of all time. Um, so that's really cool. You should go back and watch it. It's on YouTube. You can find it. Um, he was nominated for an AMA for Best New Artist. 
Um, he has a great reputation among idol winners. Both Simon Cowell and J-Lo identified him as their favorite idol winner. That's awesome. Um, I think Simon Cowell, he didn't say it that nicely. I think Simon Cowell literally said, like, he's the only one that I've liked after yeah. they won. Yeah. Which is w- yeah. a wild thing to say yeah. as the, like, co-creator of yeah. the show or whatever. Yeah. Um, and uh, How much of that you think is a character and how much of that thinks real with him? Of his idol crankiness? Yeah. Listen, I, as we've already established, uh, I can't even remember what episode it was, but it was a recent episode. Simon Cowell is a fraud. Yeah, he thinks so. Right? You remember yeah. we talked about what his... <laughs> oh, yeah. The, I know what it was. It was the... He had that... It was the Josh Groban one, wasn't he, it? That he had them do that song. He had him re-record a song. He had him re... Yeah, re-record... Uh, was it Josh Groban? I think so. Wasn't it You Raise Me Up? I don't I don't think it was You Raise Me Up. It, it was something okay. like that was like... No, no, no. It was something more recent. We did more recently than I that. I thought he capitalized But anyway, on he that. was producing like children's cartoon songs or whatever and then happened upon this song that was a re-recording and just turned into a hit in the UK. Um, so Simon Cowell is a fraud altogether, <laughs> right? His opinion should not matter to anybody, but he got this reputation. And uh, so I don't know. He's probably a put on. It's it's probably a, he's so. like, I'm just going to be the massive I'm just gonna crank that it. everybody yep. loves to hate. Um Let's see. Uh, Philip Phillips' twenty three, uh, excuse me, twenty twenty three album "Drift Back" is his latest. It came out in June, shortly before we actually had talked to him, um, and it's his first independent release after a lawsuit to get out of his contract mm-hmm. that was from like twenty fifteen to twenty seventeen. I think we talked with him about it. In we the did interview. a little bit, yeah. And so this is his first album in a minute. Yeah, like it's been it's been a little while, um, but definitely check it out. It's a really good album. Uh, "Drift Back" is very good. Gone, gone, gone. Saw live performances on Ellen, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, the Today Show, and the Tonight Show, <laughs> and uh, the pregame for Super Bowl XLVIII. That's forty-eight to you and me, if I've done my math correctly. Uh, final score of that Super Bowl, by the way, can you name the teams in Super Bowl forty-eight? If anybody can, it'd be you. Patriots. Nope. That's uh, a good guess, though. If you're unsure, go Patriots. Give me one team, and I'll try yeah. to guess the other. Uh, Seattle Seahawks. Oh. Uh. Seahawks, be Falcons, Chargers. I don't know. That'd be Denver Broncos. Bronco. Okay. Uh, oh C- yeah. Wait. 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 Yeah, I got that. That's a uh, forty-eight. That's Manning. No, I thought Manning yeah. was mm-hmm. Manning's Manning. last Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. So that is uh, the Broncos. Fi- final score is Seattle Seahawks forty-three, Denver Broncos eight. Oh gosh. <laughs> and I was. Oh, I know what it was. I wore Broncos gear that year, and we got destroyed. <laughs> Yeah, and and that's weird because I'm a Marshawn Lynch fan. I should have been all Seahawks. So it was, at the time, the most watched U.S. TV broadcast of all time because it was Peyton Manning's last season, I guess. And And then you had, uh, you know, the Seattle, the Legion of Boom, you know, at the time. And uh, it's also considered one of the worst Super Bowls of all time because it was so lopsided. I thought... I thought maybe he came. Did he? Were they in forty nine too against the Panthers? I feel like he won oh, his last one. Oh, maybe so. I think he came back in forty nine and beat the Panthers. Oh uh, well, you okay. know, I was born in forty nine. <laughs> I meant Super Cold Bowl War 40. kid in McCarthy time. That's right, man. Stop talking about the, the thirty eighth parallel. parallel. Yeah, blast those. Yeah. Anyway, let's look it up. Super Bowl forty nine. <laughs> I'm curious now. I guess you probably looked it up quicker than I did. Yeah, JP still goes with a hunt and peck. Yeah, man. Uh, it's a uh, single finger. On the phone, but JP got an iPhone. You guys, no, that was, that's right. No, that was the year the Patriots beat the Seahawks. Was 49, okay, okay, so maybe fifty, maybe fifty. Take a chance. On, it's fifty. Let's. I'm, I'm right on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm. Here we go, guys. Give me a second to, to peck right. a little. This is riveting podcast yeah. stuff here. 
while you're looking, I'll say uh, had movie appearances. Gone, gone, gone. Did in uh, the Amazing Spider-Man Two. That's one of the uh, Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans. Uh, Delivery Man with Vince Vaughn and Grudge Match with Stallone and De Niro. Okay. Which do you count that as a as a Rocky movie? No. Does Grudge Match count? No. Okay. It does right. not. Uh, and I was right. Super Bowl Fifty was Broncos Panthers and okay. Manning did win that, and that was his last game. And okay. I know. Th- that fact that he won his last game because I watched this show called King of Collectibles. I don't know if you've ever seen it, mm. but uh, the Manning jersey, like that's like his most expensive jersey, okay. is the Super Bowl 50 win against the Panthers. Uh-huh. It's the last jersey he ever wore. Yeah. They won. He won the Super Bowl. Um, he, but to Peyton's dismay, the Eli jersey that he won his first Super Bowl uh-huh. um, with the Giants sells more is more more valuable wow. because the Panthers or excuse me the Patriots were undefeated. Uh-huh. That was the crazy finish that the okay. helmet catch yeah, and all David that. Tyree against David the Tyree helmet, helmet yeah, yeah. catch and Plaxico Burris touchdown. But Peyton's like, there's no what, but the Eli jersey <laughs> values more than that one. Wow. So, and Peyton, something I learned too about him is he would change jerseys at halftime every game. Oh. So he has two jerseys from okay. each game. That's so. cool. I like to be. You want to be fresh going back guess, out. Yeah. I can see that. So fresh and so clean, clean. Yeah, that's like Brandon Marsh from the Phillies washes his hair every inning. I didn't know or that. He, he doesn't wash his hair. He wets his wets hair. Wets it. Every yeah, inning. yeah. Be I, he to looks wash. homeless. Anyway, <laughs> there's there was a whole thing. Let's just get into it for a second. So in the playoffs this year, where the Phillies once again trounced the Braves, um, wah, wah, but there was wah. a big controversy with our former guest Matthew Kaminsky. Yeah. Um, you can go back to season whatever episode one, maybe. No, it was. Uh, did it open a season? It was in April. So it was, okay. but it was a baseball. Yeah, it we did baseball a, season. opening day baseball season. Yeah, and we did take double the ball episode. game with him. Him and, and Aaron, Aaron Tuning, who by the way now is crushing it with the Saint Andre Golf brand. Uh, you can go. He started this uh, a golf uh, brand and content you know channel on Instagram. That tiger on called there. Saint Andre. I mean, they took off so fast, and it's brilliant. I, I love to see it happening. Um, but anyway, Matthew Kaminsky, Braves organist. Uh, there's this guy named Brandon Marsh on the Phillies who has a very like long, sort of unkempt looking beard, very long hair, and uh, and he wets his hair every inning, so his hair is always wet. And um, so Matthew Kaminsky, you know, he plays songs related to the batters for the opposing team when they come up on the organ. And for Brandon Marsh, he started playing Smelly Cat from Friends, right? (laughs) Smelly Cat, Smelly Cat, what are they feeding you? And people got so offended, like... Phillies fans went, he literally got like threats, like meet me in the parking lot. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like kind of, um, people got so mad and they were like, that is so disrespectful, but gosh, it's It's funny. funny. That guy's great. He told, like he told us in the interview, he's like, I don't, you know, I don't like the word troll, but that's a troll job. That's a troll job for sure. Um, he ta- we talked about it's a small world with Altuve, and then yeah. he, had, he had a home run against him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the, but I guarantee he's gonna, and he really leaned into it. I mean, yeah. he was like, I not stopping, not changing. Time, he's yeah. like, no. Nah. So, the, I bet for the best rest of Brandon Marsh's career, you're gonna hear That's Smelly Cat when he comes to L.A. Um, to Atlanta. To Atlanta. Oh, yeah. What did I say? L.A. Uh, yeah. In the world. How did I get there? I don't know. Anyway, all right. I think that's all I've okay. got. I'm tapped Kick out. Kick it on to Philip Phillips, and then we'll we'll wrap it up at the end. That's right. We're going to talk to Philip Phillips, and we'll JP just said this. Why am I repeating what you just? Because <laughs> that's your line. Because it's my habit. To, yeah, 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 dude, yeah. I didn't mean to step on your territory. I was like, what? <laughs> okay, all right. You guys know what's happening next. We'll see you in a second. This is the Great Song Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. As promised, we are here with Philip Phillips. 
songwriter extraordinaire, the voice of a generation. Uh, what else do we need to say? Leader of the nation of Nicaragua. He's from um, Georgia. Oh, so, my bad. There you oh, go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Philip, thank you so much for joining us today on the Great Song Podcast. <laughs> Man, that was an intro right there. Thank you for uh, for that. No, I appreciate it. Good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. I think you're the first person that we've ever elevated to the rank of government official. Yeah, that's I mean, that's, that's a new one. Yeah. I mean, I, it's kind of a scary thing. I don't know if I want to be a government official. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of scary times, you know, but uh, uh, yeah, I'll take whatever. I'll, as long as you mean it well, in a nice way, I'll take it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, I had this further down, but since I mentioned Georgia in passing, I know you're from Leesburg slash Albany. Are you a Braves fan, Hawks fan, Falcons fan, Thrashers fan, any of that? Yeah, Braves and Dogs fan for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't have. A, I don't really get into NFL or uh, much of any other sports really. But uh, uh, baseball and college football really enjoy and. Uh, um, yeah, and pickleball. That's about it. Okay. Okay. Me, me and Robert both uh, are both big Braves fans. So yeah. um, I've been to every major oh, league nice. baseball park and working on NFL stadiums. The uh, the reason I mentioned the thr- where, where do you where are y'all out of right now? We're in Nashville most of the time. I live in Chattanooga. Uh, JP lives yeah. in, in Nashville area. Um, so today we're actually recording in Chattanooga. But uh, typically, yeah, I, we're in I'm Nashville. from. I live oh, cool. in Hendersonville. It's just up past Nashville. But we like to be in the same room when we yeah, do this. Yeah. Um, yeah, the reason I mentioned yeah, the Thrashers, absolutely. which was their hockey team, I know you sang the uh, you sang at the Stanley Cup, so I figured uh, hockey might be your thing. But you just enjoyed the uh, experience of that. Yeah, yeah, that was just uh, you know just a cool experience, and they uh, they did pay me just a little bit of money, so I couldn't <laughs> really turn it down. And, and then the uh, Stanley Cup, I mean, I mean that was just a cool event. I've never been to a, uh, a, a hockey like a professional hockey game. I'd played one show before. At this amateur, I guess you would say, hockey game, and we played, we watched the whole game, and then they rolled out the like whatever it was onto the ice so we could perform. And we played a full show. This was like in 2012, maybe 2013, maybe, and uh, crazy. And that was I saw all these the guys were fighting and right in front of us. I was like, okay, I can get into this, you know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was pretty awesome. And then the Stanley Cup doing the national. I hate doing the national anthem. I've always told like the. So before the first time I ever did it, I think it was like game two or game three of the World Series and the Giants, I think, were playing the uh, Royals. And uh, I, I already told my management at the time, like, I'll never do the national anthem. So don't even ask. And this was right after my first album had come out. And they said, hey, they want you to come sing the national anthem at game two, whatever it was. I was like, I'm not going to do it. They said, well, they're going to play your song after every other commercial. They're going to talk about your album every three or four commercials. Yeah. So it's, it's incredible. I was like, oh, frick. Okay, I'll do it. And I did. If you ever watch it, and I'm like terrified. And so then I did it a few more times after that, some pretty big uh, events. And then the one time I did it, I was doing a show in Vail, Colorado, and Tiger Woods had a, an event going on, but he wasn't there. And they said, hey, will you come just do the national anthem since you're here? I was like, yeah, so you give me a, a, a monitor so I can see the lyrics, you know, <laughs> even though you know it, but it's just terrifying to do. They said a few minutes later, they text my manager. like, okay, we have the monitor. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? I could have been asking for a monitor this whole time. <laughs> and uh, I was just like, what the heck? Uh, so that, but yeah, so, so that now anytime I do it. So that is that the fear with the national anthem? It's lyrics, yeah. And it's so rangy. Is that like you got to sit in just the right spot for most people if they're going to be able to do it? Yeah, you got to do that because a lot of a lot of people started off too high and they get themselves in trouble. And you know that's at least musicians or singers might know like whenever someone starts at high, they're either going to really kill it 
or it's going to be really, really like <laughs> literally kill it. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and I just, the best thing you don't want to be talked about, you know, as long as you don't get talked about, you're fine. Like, I don't, you don't have to like tell me I did good and just, don't say I did bad. You know, I don't want to screw it up. <laughs> yeah. It's a very like high risk, high reward kind of thing. Like <laughs> the, uh, 100%, even, man. Yeah. You mentioned your first album. So I, I love that first album that came out. I, uh, first time I saw you was in 2013. I, I saw you open for John Mayer in St. Louis. And that was when Mayer was in kind of that transition stage where he was doing Paradise Valley and Born and Raised stuff. And it took me a minute to, to get yep. on that side of the John Mayer stuff. But me and my wife left talking about how much we loved you as the opener for that and i know that the you know the big radio hits off that were home and gone 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 but give me get up get down and drive me those are my two that i love off that is there a song off your first album if you have to pick one of your what's your favorite song off your first album man i I appreciate that was very kind of you um i'd say my favorite song off my first album would probably be a song called man on the moon or tell me a story. It's between those two. Uh, they're both totally different uh, kind of a vibe. But uh, Man on the Moon was like the first song, one of the first songs that I thought was like a cool song that I wrote. You know, I, I wrote it while I was still living with my parents, way before Idol. And um, I just love that whole guitar riff. I was always, and I'm still kind of about it, but I'm more so with this new record. I'm more so really diving into lyrics and uh and and trying to hone hone in on melodies but uh but those first few records man i like it's kind of that tapping your head and rubbing your tummy type thing of like playing these weird hard guitar parts but singing a nice melody over it and that was one of the first songs i ever did that i i felt like i really accomplished what i was going after and then the whole message behind the song is you know there's this guy in our town when i would play i played all over kind of Georgia, fraternity parties, restaurants, bars, wherever, anybody that would take me on the street, you know, just busking, whatever it was. And, uh, and then there's this one guy around the same age as me kept like copying what I was doing, like covers, you know, just every kind of everything. It was kind of like, man, what's he doing? And I'm, I'm a pretty quiet guy and I never said anything to him. But I just wrote this song about him. And that, so that's what I always say when I, I don't always say it, but sometimes like I, I played this song, I played Man on the Moon at the Opry about a month or so ago. I got asked to be, perform at the Opry, which is pretty cool. And so I, that was one of the songs I played. I got to play two songs and chose that one. I was like, you know, there's a lot of amazing love songs that have been played on this stage. And uh, this is not one of them. I wrote this about somebody I really didn't like. And, uh, you know, everybody, everyone was just kind of laughing, you know, and, uh, so I really love that one just because of you know, the musically, I, I just love how it goes. And uh, just a, really, one of my favorite guitar parts I'd come up with. And, and then Tell Me a Story is another one that I, know I, ha- I had this. It's a weird tuning. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever been able to figure out the tuning of it, but it was I'd really gotten into these weird tunings. Like John Butler Trio is one that really inspired me to get into those tunings. And and uh, so that's one weird one. I just had this get whole had all of the music kind of arranged then I wrote the first verse and then I had this totally different, I had the outros and all this stuff and I didn't have a second verse. And then, uh, I had this certain cool first course. And then one night I was sleeping and I re- used to write a lot when I was asleep and now I'm starting, it's starting to come back to me. I went away from that while for a while, but I rewrote that chorus and I love that chorus and that whole song. It's just this whole, I mean, I could just play it for like an hour. Just, it's like kind of like a circle that like you can just kind of keep playing it, you know? 
Sorry, I start talking a lot. No, that's great, that's and that's great. A, that's our introduction to Philip Phillips in the world because it's the it's the first track on the album. So that's how uh, that's how yeah. those of us that didn't follow you as much on American Idol, which we'll talk about here in a minute, uh, would discover you. So yeah, so um, yeah, and that, and then we played you know, that one. That one's a fun one too. Uh, the Man on the Moon. We played that one live, and I came up with this crazy jam, which you probably heard that night. And uh, we just man, it gets insane. It's just awesome. <laughs> That's great. I, I do have some idle questions because I want to ask some kind of behind the scenes uh, stuff a little bit about the industry is one thing I'm particularly uh, interested in. Like, so, okay, you obviously you win American Idol. I assume they have some sort of say in what you do after that for a while. At what point does does your career kind of switch back into your hands post idol? How long does that process take? Or is it immediate? Is it there? Is it like, well, from well, I mean, so you get so you get this management afterwards, and they're also part of the half label as well, and uh, it's kind of a messy thing. And then you also are part of a bigger label, which for me was Interscope, and they were great. And uh, um, but I I was a songwriter, you know, I'm a songwriter, and I was right. Most of those songs on that first album were older songs that I'd written well before Idol. There was exception except for like one, two, like maybe three or four max. And one of them I don't play because it was, so the deal was they were trying to make me uh, just take songs. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'll just not release an album. Like I'll, you know, I'm fine with not doing that. And uh, they said, well, let us give you two songs and then you can have the rest of the album. I was like, okay, that's fine. But I told him I was like, I'm going to produce these songs how I want to produce them, even though if I'm even though I'm not a credited producer. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, so that's how that went, and we agreed upon it, and um, and so uh, you know, you it's a game too, man. You have to play that game. Like I said, they come to me, you're only going to get this many, but you just got to stand your ground. At least that's how it was for me. I just I was super focused on how I wanted to come across, you know, I didn't care about being famous. I just wanted to be known to write music that, you know, hopefully people connected with and, and more so that I connected with and, and meant something to me. And, um, you know, and that's a hard thing to do when you're a songwriter because it's, you know, you're writing down your emotions and that's a hard thing to let people into, you know, without, cause I don't really like to tell why I write too many songs. I'll tell, I'll tell about a few songs, but, um, I want to, I'd rather hear why people connect with us, connect with a song rather than them just use my, my That's whole good. meaning to it, you know? And, yeah. and, uh, um, but the business side, man, I mean, it is kind of unfortunate. I went through a stage, especially after my, um, really before my third album, cause I was in a lawsuit and for a few years and that alone, man, would just make you question and for me anyway it just made me question like do i even want to do this anymore do i you know am i you know am i good enough you know do i love this still and blah blah and so many questions man and um because it it doesn't turn into it was it doesn't it, it turns into something that you don't ever expect it to because it becomes real and it becomes a business and and uh you know that's not how music and art in general should be uh you've got to do it because you love it and then now that you know it took this is now i'm on my fourth album and this is the first album in five years and it took a while to find a good management and who had my back and who you can trust and 
and uh, also writing the songs that um, really represented these five years for me. And um, uh, again, it's it's a kind of a, it's more of an emotional album. There's not as many uh, crazy music moments as there are in the first three, but I'm really I, I don't mind it because the lyrics and the melodies to me speak a lot more so than I, in my opinion, than the last three albums. And uh, um, you know, I'm really proud of it. Yeah. Well, or it sucks. I'm not totally sure. <laughs> well, I, I, we've got to. I've got to hear hear part of it. And one thing I'll I, I will speak on the new album. I do have two American Idol things I'm going to come back to. But since you mentioned the new album, yeah, Dancing with Your Shadow video came out in March in 2023. When most visualize Philip Phillips in my mind, you're like holding an acoustic guitar, and here you're donning the electric guitar. Uh, and a little thing I want to brag about in your video. I know you're not playing that live, but thank you for plugging in your guitar. So I've seen so many electric guitar videos where they don't even have it plugged in. So thank you so much for that. And has anybody yeah, that already was, brought, that was definitely one thing. Has anybody brought up the more of the electric uh, electric transition that you've kind of gone to? Has it has that come to uh, conversation? So when I was writing the second album, I had I think there was one, maybe two songs, but definitely one song that I had electric on. And that was slowly starting to transfer into it into. To my set and how I played guitar and and um, and then the third album has quite a bit more electric in it songs like my name and I dare you and uh, magnetic uh, but it's not so where it's like oh my gosh this is an electric guitar album you know what I mean it's uh, it's always for me it's always been about the song first and then the music can come later that's been a hard thing for me to learn because the first album was so much more music related first instead of more so about getting the song um and and then so for this one there is trying to think of all this there i feel like there's a happy mixture of acoustic and electric in there um but i it's i'm I'm not like a shredder i wish i was a shredder i wish i could just play guitar like steve or something you know and uh but I'm never going to be that good. So I, I make it fit into where it's not like, oh, this is just an electric guitar song. Dancing with Your Shadows definitely has, it starts off with that electric guitar, but well, it's not the, so like, oh, this is You play the lead riff a, on it. So that's good. That's a good little hook. I do. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, but it doesn't feel like it's like, oh, this is go throwing back to the 90s, like a <laughs> rock song or anything like that to me. But, uh, but I think it's really cool because that song started off on the acoustic and it was more of a ballad how I started it, and um, but we just couldn't quite build it. I might release the demo version at some point soon, but because it's really beautiful, but it wasn't really building to anything to where we like, oh, that's going to be you know, that's when we're going to lead off with or anything like that. So I, I messed around with how I was playing the part. I, I came up with a few different ways to play it, and we I played that one. Me and my producer both looked at each other like, okay, this is it. This is it right here. You know, and that that's the same riff throughout the entire song. And then, uh, you know, came up with that little hook bridge part. And um, but it's just a driving song. You know, I really wanted that song to really I said, man, maybe it can just be driven, you know, just driving really hard. And because I don't I have some upbeat songs, but it's hard for me to write upbeat songs, man, because I'm such a you know, it's just hard, you know, for me. Sometimes it's easier for other people, but uh, I can write about sadness a lot more. Maybe it's because I've been through a lot of more crap, but in my life, but, uh, um, but yeah, happier. And it's not even a happy song, but it sounds like, you know, it makes you want to dance and have a good time. <laughs> well, you mentioned your second album. I, I actually, I know it didn't chart out as well, but I liked it. I love raging fire, um, which you wrote with Greg Waterbury and 
Todd Clark. Um, so you're a good mix of like on your albums, a hundred percent of the songs written by you and some co-writes like thrown in. So your task today, somebody comes yeah. to you and you got to write a banger. You get thrown in a room. Are you like, all right, give me 30 minutes by myself. Or are you like surround me with other people? If you're thrown at that right now. If it was trying to come up with a banger, see, I've done those rights before and they suck. You're never going to write a banger. You're never going to write, you're not even going to write a good, you're not even going to write a good song. Um, I've written with, it would shock you with the writers I've written with that have written these huge songs and you get in a room and it just becomes this whole other world of like, man, are we even, what are we even writing about? You know, and, uh, it's all, all it is is about seeing money signs and, and getting a hook. And which is nothing wrong with a hook pop. And I used to be, have a weird thing with, with the word pop, like I'm categor categorized in in pop technically when I don't think I should be, but pop just means popular. And it could be any genre of that to be popular, you know, and, and um, it's, which is still weird. It's still pop is still just a weird thing. Um, to have like you and Ariana Grande in the same category. Yeah, weird. Like, I don't, I don't, I kind of disagree with it. So, uh, um, but as long as people like my music, I'll, I'll, people, a lot of people think I'm country music. And, uh, but because they've only listened to probably just a couple of songs. And, uh, I was like, well, okay. Do you like it? I was like, yeah, I love it. Okay, great. I'll be a country singer. I don't care. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but I talk country and everything. So everyone thinks I'm country. And you're from Georgia. I am country so they, boy, but yeah, yeah, exactly. The, uh, I do want to backtrack real quick on an American Idol question. I have two. So you were yeah. on with uh, your season was Randy Jackson, Steven Tyler, J-Lo. So you get to tour with one of them. Either they open for you or Randy plays in your band or somebody. You have one that uh, is that you're touring with. Who's your tour mate? Who you picking? Oh, man, definitely Steven Tyler for Good sure. Time. I mean, I, man, I love Aerosmith. I mean, I grew up listening to uh, when I first started guitar at 14 and a half. 15 years old, like I, it was all like in that seventies, Led Zeppelin, uh, you know, ACDC was my, Angus Young was my first, he was my first hero. And then, you know, obviously all the Aerosmith, just the list could go on and on. So I love Aerosmith, the harmonies, the melodies. I mean, what a band. And that was just totally different styles of like, I mean, those bands and writers back in those days, man, that's to write those songs so timeless and it's rocking. Like you can't, nobody can do that these days, you know, and, uh, such a cool time. I would have been such a cool time to be alive. Like, and be a, be a rock star. I'd be terrified. I, I'm not, a, I don't, I, I'm, I just keep to myself. I was like, Oh man, you go, you you left for shows. What do you do? Like I get in my bunk. I might eat a piece of chocolate. That's about it. You know, it's, time. Oh, man. <laughs> the, uh, chicken strips. So a lot of folks uh, wanted Jessica Sanchez to win the year. I mean, she's way hotter than you know, Feds. But and at first, I thought your background vocals yeah. wanted her to win too. Is there a little pitchy on home on your recording there when you're there? Just kidding a little bit. Uh, did you? How involved are you on picking your background band and background vocals in uh, in the live recordings of the? American Idol stuff. Do you get to have a say in that or is it like, uh, this is what you're provided with? So it kind of is what you're provided with, but you kind of, uh, you know, so uh, yeah, on the show you get, that's the house band. You, that's all you can really deal with. Um, but they were super talented. Yeah, they were good. A lot of those things come as a mixing issue. Like I just did the today show a few weeks ago and I just told the, I just told the mixer like, Hey man, make this, make the background vocals, even my voice on the bridge. Like, 
just die it down to where it sounds like <laughs> gang vocals. You yeah. know, that's what's going to happen during the song. If you go back and listen to it, my bass player singing the the uh, oh, so, oh, 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 and uh, he is just out in front. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> you know, like, all you had, all you had to do was mix it in, but Broad, it's whatever. Broadcast so, audio uh, can be such a bummer. Like, <laughs> Oh, it can be. He was he was awesome. He was a good dude, but I was just like, frick, dang it. You know? <laughs> uh, all right. I got a question on uh, a question that I'm going to transition into some uh, really probing stuff here. So I hope you're ready to get emotional. Um, so yeah, like, yeah. Gone, Gone, Gone was, among other things, part of the Amazing Spider Man 2 soundtrack. Uh, so part mm-hmm. A is did that really pop you? Were you like, that's freaking awesome to be on a Spider Man movie? Are you a comic book guy? Second, if so, Who's your Spider-Man of choice? Uh, so firstly, yeah, that, I remember when that uh, that came through on email, like, hey, can we can we approve this? I was like, oh my gosh, absolutely. Huge Spider-Man fan, dude. Whenever to- when, that, when that first Spider-Man came out with Tobey Maguire, I was just like, I think I was, it's like 2002, I think it was something like that. I was 12 years old. Man, I was just, my world just changed. And uh Loved it. Still love all the MCU stuff. And I comic books, I read some comic books. I didn't get into comic books too hard, but um, I would more so read like summaries about all of these like characters. And like, I, cause I know a bunch of, I know a lot about all the characters, but, um, and so, but yeah, when that came through and I went to the premiere of it, which was awesome. And then me and my buddy went to go see it in theaters and I kind of forgot about it for a split second. <laughs> and, uh, and it came on. I was like, Oh my gosh, man. Like, this is so, so freaking cool. Cause it's a long sink. It's yeah. like a minute and a half or so. And, uh, what, I mean, it'll be there forever. And, and that, and that actually helped me to go over to Japan. And I played like this little, uh, kind of showcase, these like four or five hundred fans there, and I really want to get back there, and, and and that was just awesome. It created so many more opportunities, and um, and my Spider-Man of choice. I mean, I think it'll always be Tobey Maguire, but all three have done an incredible job. Tom Holland. I mean, all three movies are just. I mean, this last one was just. I mean, I I, I was pretty. It just it's so nostalgic for me. <laughs> I, and I, I told my wife I went saw it all alone, and. Uh, Man, I just, yeah, I don't really, I can't really, it was hard to explain because I was just smiling from ear to ear seeing, you know, uh, Willem Dafoe and this, you know, all these characters coming back after so many years. And, um, but so, I mean, yeah, I, I, all three Spider-Man are incredible, but I'll always have a kind of special place with Tobey Maguire just because that's what I grew up on. When you said I was 12 when it came out, I knew like game over. It's Toby for sure. Uh, it's the same reason yeah, for me yeah. to say anybody besides Michael, Michael Keaton, Keaton is the best Batman. The best. Like it's, it's just how it is. The, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of what you, what you grew up on. And then, I mean, I was going to be so pissed if Toby McGuire wasn't going to come through that little thing in the movie. I was going to be so mad. And when he came through, I was like, <laughs> well, yeah. while we're still talking on Gone 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 a little bit, the uh, the video it intertwines of like old video footage. Is that your family footage, or where did those clips come from? Were those like sent to you? How did you gather all that so, video footage? So yeah, so me and the director, I told him my vision for the song because the song is so emotional, and uh, I said, man, it needs to be really represent love of all stages, you know, of all 
parts of life, you know, whether it's you and your cousin, you and a best friend, you and your girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, these grandparents, you know, from kids, you know, your, like I said, your brother, your sister, whoever it is, you know, it's not a song just about between a husband and a wife, you know, um, it's about just someone you love and, uh, and how time goes. And, and, uh, and it's really, it's just very, very emotional song. And I told him, I said, I really want to show all these old video clips of, and so it's not any of my family. Um, but we went through all this footage and, and he kind of, he showed me a rough sketch and I tell him if I didn't like something, but I think we only went back on it once or twice because all that footage was just incredible. And, um, so that's definitely, that's probably my, one of my favorite, that's probably my second favorite music video. And then the music video for love like that off this new record, um, it was kind of in a similar vein. I wrote this song for my wife and my little boy and, but it can be about, you know, like, again, whoever you want, you know, whoever you love. And, and that's, that video starts off as, it's, it's the songs about me and my wife's relationship from the beginning all the way up to where we are now. And uh, so it shows those clips of before we got married when we're just dating and then me asking her to get married. I filmed that whole section, that whole thing. I, I filmed it about four or five times because I practiced it on my iPad before she got to our house and I was terrified. So all that footage is real, but we never shared it because we're pretty private people. And so that's in the music video. And then it shows us getting married. And then the breakdown of the little breakdown chorus is where the introduction of my little boy Patch comes in. And he even says when we, and the song comes on the truck or whatever, he's like, when it gets to that part, he said, here's baby Patch. I was like, that's right. And uh, so it's just a, it's just a story about our love, but it, you know, it could be about anyone else's relationship as well. So I, I, that's, that kind of is a theme in my life of kind of looking back and, and um, you know, in a way it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to grow old and, and, uh, and, uh, I'm not old or anything, but just to keep growing with the people that you love. But it's also kind of sad too, at the same time, because you miss all those, you know, beginning stages. Sure. Uh, all right. So let's say you're given the opportunity to, uh, you, you travel into the multiverse and you can, uh, all my questions now are going to be about <laughs> multiverse. Uh, no, I love uh, it. Hey, I love it, man. I'm all about <laughs> it. Uh, let's say you can, you, time is not a factor. Uh, you've got an opportunity to do a co-write with any person living or dead. Um, and you know, it's going to go well. It's not going to be one of these, like, let's get in here and chase dollar signs. It's going to, you're going to write something good. It's going to be a good solid session. Who are you going to write with? Man, I, I definitely have to say Paul McCartney. Mm. Okay. Like that, that, after seeing the, uh, this, the new Beatles, that, no, it's get not back. really new anymore, but that Beatles kind of special yeah. on uh, Hulu, I think it was. Yeah. And it's just basically showing them just riffing and jamming and just seeing him come up with these, these songs on the spot, just the melodies and then the lyrics are just coming to him. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, these, these timeless songs. Get bad, dun, 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 get bad. I'm like, oh man, I wish I was, I wish I was that good, even close to it. So, uh, I definitely, I, I would say him for sure, but there'd be a ton of people, obviously, but he would be, I would say number one, just to, just to be in the same room. I only have to write with him. I just want to watch it. <laughs> Nobody's going to boo you on that answer. That's a great That's answer. Right. You're, yeah, you're, yeah. you're, you're yeah. good there. <laughs> the, uh, well, this has been a lot of fun. We want to be respectful of your time. Uh, there's one question that we ask everybody, um, like, yeah, you, got, you have one more. No, go for it. No, you, how about it? Um, you're on tour. You go into a gas station. What's your gas station snack food of choice? 
And uh, while you're oh thinking of it, gosh. I'll tell you mine. I get a Three Musketeers bar. When I was growing up, my mom would say you could have any candy bar you want. It's the most ounces. So what does Philip Phillips get in a gas station? <laughs> Most ounces. That was awesome. Value, man. Uh, Value. That's right. That's They're right. All the same price, uh, so. I would say so. When I was a kid, so it was different. I, I just love chocolate in general. But when I was a kid, it used to be the crackle bar. Okay. That if they didn't have that, it was the crunch bar yep. and the crackle. I love the crackle bar, but now they only make the miniature miniature ones. Yeah. And uh, so it was. It was kind of always between those two, and because uh, I like that crunch in it, and. Uh, but my, it's funny, my kids, so we like to do a lot of stuff outdoors. And so whenever we'll go stop and get a snack at this little convenience store down the road from our house. And, and uh, I was like, all right, what, let's, get, let's get you a couple snacks, man. What you want to get? He gets something different every time. He doesn't have a go-to <laughs> yet, but I respect it. I'm like, man, he's wanting to try all these different things, even though they sound disgusting. <laughs> like some of them are like sour watermelon or whatever. And he loves it. I'm like, oh my gosh, man. Like, Come on, it's <laughs> gross. But uh, you know, but yeah, those are those are those are mine for sure. Those are, those are good ones. Well, you you've definitely done a lot for the world of music already. You do a lot of charity work. I mean, Sarah Foundation, Habitat for Humanity, Save the Music, the Gibson Flood Relief Campaign. I mean, all kinds of stuff. So thanks for what you do for stuff outside of music as well. Um, Rob, did you have anything else you wanted to throw no, man, in? I just thanks for making time for us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been great. And I'll uh, I'm gonna see you uh, October nineteenth at the Brooklyn Bowl in Nashville. So I'll come. Uh, I'll holler at you from the audience. We'll bring you a crackle bar. We'll, we'll be there uh, singing singing your. Songs. Yeah, man. Try to try to remind us. Yeah, remind my management. We'll bring you back and say hey. And uh, okay, yeah, hey. we'd love to love to see you guys. May do that. Yeah. Thanks again. We'll yeah, uh, we'll sync up soon. And awesome job making the Grand Ole Opry. Like that's yeah. we we kind of spoke on that quickly. Kind of glossed over it. Yeah. Man, that's a that's a big deal. Cool. I saw, yeah, I was I saw terrified. Ca- yeah. I saw Counting Crows <laughs> last night there as we we're doing this interview, and he talked so much about the circle, like being in the circle. Like he joked, he didn't let any of his other band members stand in the circle. <laughs> so that had to be uh be awesome oh, out man. there. Man, I did a show. Yeah, I did a show, a couple of show radio shows with them back in like 2013 or something, and. <laughs> Super nice guys. And, uh, uh, but yeah, man, doing the Opry, that was a incredible experience. So yeah, I did, I did man on the moon and it was me, my cello player and a guitar player that played with me a lot. And we just kept, I kept it simple because my manager was like, I think you should do full band. I'm like, and I'd watched a ton of video and everyone is seating. Everyone is sitting. And, uh, the entire time doesn't, and these people, so, uh, these are big artists that are playing like Kelsey Ballerini, Carrie Underwood, all these people that I was watching, even some other, maybe the less known ones. And it doesn't matter who the, who you are, they're just staying seated. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my gosh, that is so awkward. So <laughs> I just said, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep a storyteller kind of vibe. And I just did only, was, I just was asked to do two songs. So I did man on the moon and dance with your shadows. And man, I just loved how, how, both of them came out and uh, Dance Through the Shadows was really emotional. And uh, yeah, it went, it went great, man. They, everyone clapped. So everyone clapped that for us. So I think that was good. That's smart good, play. That's, that's good. good that's good. Yeah. We will, uh, we will send you out with applause as well, too. Right. Thanks for that. It's been a lot of fun. We'll keep in touch. Thanks again, Phil. All right, guys. I really appreciate, appreciate your time, man. Thank y'all. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. This is the Great Song Podcast. And that was Philip LaDon Phillips Jr. There it is. Philip Phillips to you and me. Uh, on the Great Song Podcast, bringing us into our final Man. home, home stretch. stretch. Yeah, I got a quote that I'll send us out on the home stretch. With. Okay. So um, I'm going to give the quote and then I'll tell you where it's from. It's from another uh, podcast okay. uh, or podcast related, okay. podcast adjacent. 
the most important part of chasing a dream is the people who chase alongside you. Those who look beyond the doubters and choose to believe your dream will happen all in good time. And that's from Only Murders in the wow. Building. Wow. Oh. Uh, Martin Sheen. Okay. Character that's says awesome. that in there. And he said it in the middle of an episode. Martin Short. Short. Martin Short. Yeah. Martin Short. Not Charlie Sheen's dad. <laughs> yeah. uh, Martin Short says that. And uh, dude, I got, I was watching it. I was like, that is perfect. <laughs> I got all of, it's not even an emotional part, but it's right. like, that is for me. Right. So I wrote that down. I was like, I'm going to save that and use that later. That's, so man, it's been great doing this thing with you. Let's, uh, let's bring it on home. This last time stretch. We're at about, we're at about 1030 PM on the doomsday clock. Right yeah. at this point, I it's getting close to midnight. It is and something there. evil's lurking in the dark, <laughs> um, and that is the, the evil thing is that the you'll go to look for a new episode of the Great Song Podcast right. and it won't be there. But we'll, uh, guys, we will promise to sprint through this finish line for you. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. We're not letting up on the gas at and all. Hopefully, you've been pleased with uh, the way we brought it on home for you, and we'll still be around. It may not be yeah, your traditional. We're still going to exist. Yeah, we'll be, and you may hear from us from time to time. Uh, yeah, and we'll still have stuff. the Facebook group, Great Songs, yeah. and the Great People who love them greatly come in and say hey we're not going to stop posting and it's you know it's a great little community we got there with you guys so uh you know we're not like tearing everything down and we've still got some doozies that we have up our sleeve we're doing one here in a little bit about to go meet one heck yeah which y'all have already heard by now but for us it will be fresh and uh we've got a a few in the cooker that you haven't that we haven't even done yet so we're excited about that and uh, and yeah, we'll we'll be we'll be around. We'll finish strong for you guys. I'll be there for you <laughs> when the rain starts to pour. Uh, uh, you know, I didn't know if you were gonna go Friends or if you were gonna go Michael Jackson, Jackson Five. I'll be oh, okay. Oh, I'll be yeah. there to yeah. comfort you. Yeah, yeah. Let's just look over your shoulder. Yeah. Just call my name. Yeah, just call my name and I'll be there. Or I could go with the Thirty Rock. British version of Friends called Chums, okay. and it was "I'll be here always when the rains fall in Wales." Um, and they had the uh, the relationship was was between Russ and Rebecca on Chums. Okay, uh, yeah, there we go. All right, anyway, all right. We'll see you guys. We just kind of went off the rails That's here right. the last few yeah. minutes. It's fine. Uh, we'll see you guys next week with another great episode. Until then, I'm Rob. I'm JP. Go listen to some music. <laughs>